0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to One v One. I am your host, Nick Legit, and joining me tonight is a very special guest. I've known him for a little over five years, and in my opinion, he's one of the best artists around. Please welcome Jerry Pesh.
1: Hello, hello,
0: hello there. <laughs> uh, to remember, um, kind of, a, I want to tell a story of how I came across your artwork because it's definitely your work at co- conventions is definitely an attention grabber i've always enjoyed right. your lighting everything and so i remember walking around my first comic-con not really knowing what to do and i come across you know these beautiful like green purple just these lights changing colors and it that's the thing that right there like okay my attention is grabbed what's going on over here and so i make my way over there and also, I nice see something I've never seen before, and it's artwork on metal prints. And to me, I thought that was some of the coolest things. I've never thought anybody of doing that. So to this day, I thought it was still—it's still one of the coolest things ever. Thank but you. I, I remember seeing um, the first thing that drew my attention was one of the Godzilla metal prints, and that's how you and I began talking. I swear, I think I bothered you for about three hours with <laughs> stuff but uh i was amazed with how well you well as the detail everything i thought that was so beautiful thank you thank you and so yeah
1: that's well, what, go ahead no i was gonna say i mean i mean there you go i mean and this was five years ago so like we've been doing shows now like about seven years so like like we we started like you know seven years ago but, yeah, I mean, you kind of caught us, like, right at the beginning as we were kind of picking up steam with, like, like doing my art on metal.
0: And I'm so uh, glad so I did because, again, it is so beautiful. But the thing that amazed me is I was reading a little bit about your bio, and you started drawing monsters and everything. That was kind of your first uh, gateway into the art world. What was kind of the monsters that you drew? Was it Godzilla stuff or was it like the Swamp Man, Dracula, Frankenstein's monster?
1: Well, uh, I mean, here's the deal. Like, give a little history about me. Like, I, I was one of those kids that, like, from I started doodling when I was like in kindergarten. I was one of those kids that's been drawing forever. And I was always a big fan of Godzilla movies, I was a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons. was a big fan of horror movies i was a big fan of uh you know pretty much i was one of those kids that like loved all aspects of that from fantasy horror sci-fi so my uh interests uh ironically i didn't do very much i i didn't even really get into comic books per se until later on but i loved horror and monsters so like i was like i was always watching like the movies and things like that but i wasn't I wasn't really reading comic books as much at that point. Um, but I was into like Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy and that whole thing. So, um, so I saw a lot of art through that, that inspired me. And like I said, obviously like, you know, Godzilla was just one of those big Kaiju type things that I enjoyed a lot. So I was doing that right away. That's
0: that's, that's definitely the thing that you and I bonded on was <laughs> that definitely the Godzilla thing. Um, I remember I would go up to my friends, I'd be like, hey, you guys got to go check this guy out. He does these metal prints. They're really awesome. And I know a couple of my friends still do the, what is it, uh, the couch cons that you do. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. We, uh, we've had to do, because of the whole situation right now with COVID and all that, and a lot of the Comic-Cons being canceled, uh, for me, it was a big deal. Cause I basically had like 30 plus shows this year be postponed slash canceled. So, uh, as, as, a, as that being my income, I kind of had to make a decision on how we're going to go about this year. Cause you know, I mean, yeah, I had, a a lot of, uh, you know, I had commissions and things like that. And our website, we do make sales but it's not the same. So we kind of thought it would be a good idea to kind of branch out and try this couch con thing going on. And it's like behind me right now. It's like, I don't know if you can see the video cause I know you do the, the audio podcast, but, but like basically we have, um, we we do a setup in my house, and so we pretty much put all the art on display. And I do put some of the lights up and stuff, so people can get an idea of you know the feel of what it's like when we do our show. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been selling pretty much a lot of my artist proofs that that are uh, no longer available on my retired pieces that you can't get. And people have been like you know jumping all over those each week. Plus, whenever I come out with something new, whether it's a new commission piece or something, I basically have been putting those up on the show because without having a physical show for people to come visit it, this is the nicest way for them to get a chance to get a look at things like that
0: definitely what is your facebook
1: page name uh it's it's basically my company name which is pesh effects which is my last name pash p-e-s-c-e-f-f-e-c-t-s at AOL, uh, it's it's uh, on on Facebook. Where, uh, we have the website. You know, it's it's basically it's 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 all over the place. Uh, so I, you know, I came up with that company name a long time ago. It was actually the company name was originally designed uh, back when I was doing makeup effects. I wanted to have a company name, so I wanted to have so that kind of like went into all that.
0: Best and you've been doing the couch cons for the past. Seems like since the COVID started. It seems like.
1: This will be our fifteenth week, so yeah, fifteen weeks in a row we've been doing this. <laughs> so uh, every Friday night we do uh, basically we just do a live broadcast. We go if anyone comes to our uh, my Facebook page, they can basically jump right on. We go live there, and uh, yeah, I mean every week we we do special dib type auction. To, it's not necessarily the auctions, but as much as where people can get in on buying things basically right there on the page, you know, if they see something they want to get. And then people uh, each week get like my, what I end up doing is I take like a, a select amount of my artist proofs, like about 20 of them and uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take pictures of those and then people can say they want to dib on them because basically what happens is I think people have like bad internet connections and stuff. So it doesn't work with people just screaming what they want. So it found, we found what works best is if I, if I get everybody's name ahead of time and I put it like in an app that I have that lets me randomly ch- pick those people. Then that person wins and as long as they're uh, at the show. They 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 basically won the piece and they could pay for it. And there you go. So it makes it easier.
0: Well, that's a fair story. <laughs> hey, yeah. Quick, uh, I'm kind of duplicating myself through your head, uh, sound. Do you have like a headset or something?
1: Oh, you know what? Uh, shoot! I let me see if I could go grab one. I do have one.
0: Testing, testing. Can you hear me? Can you? I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: I think I hear you fine.
0: All right, sweet. There we go. Perfect. All right, sorry for that malfunction, people. We'll get back to the awesomeness of this art, man. Um, (laughs) But one thing I want to talk about, like you said, you were like a makeup artist, like makeup effects and everything.
1: Yeah, uh, so like here's the deal. I, I, um... When I was, you know, when I was going to school as a kid, my parents were, they were, uh, they were very stringent upon the idea that I would go and get a college degree. So when I went to college, uh, the best thing I could figure out, because really there wasn't an easy way to do like what I would love to do, I was always like one of those kids that grew up and wanted to make monsters like makeup effects like rick baker and you know uh you know tom savini and stuff like that so i was messing around with makeup effects a little bit as a hobby as a as a kid doing nothing high high end but more like you know the kind of fun little things that you'll see like people doing these days you know that uh you know you can buy in the store around halloween time and stuff like that but um i always kind of had that aspiration that i wanted to go that route so to placate my parents i went and got a lighting i got a degree in in, uh, theatrical lighting design which is where my lighting stuff starts coming into play because that's pretty much where I got a lot of that's where I was working uh, for like 20 plus years doing lighting designs for like uh, you know theater and rock and roll and stuff like that but uh, what I did at one point is I basically saved up a bunch of money and me and a friend moved out to California and I decided to take like a makeup effects class uh, which at the time was the Joe Blasco makeup effects school and I did that for a while because I figured that was my to go do what i wanted to really do um and it helped yes i have that's why i have an artistic background because i've been drawing i love monsters and all that stuff so doing that kind of was a fun neat thing but as an artist it always taught me uh, a lot of things that i put into my pieces is like things like texture color how things work under light Um, so really all these things kind of helped work to make me uh the better artist that i that i always try to you know aspire to be and that's why it's kind of like one of those things that I, I feel like I bring certain uh angles to the table when I do my pieces that not everyone you know has that kind of thing that a lot of artists don't don't have that kind of a exposure
0: definitely a beautiful thing I always love hearing the story of like how these people get to that point and going from that I remember you saying it was some podcast I heard a little bit from but basically you um showed your artwork, and one of these people said, why don't you sell it at the next one? Just come up here, and we'll sell them. you're like, nah, I'm not into that. I don't think they will buy it. But is that kind of where the creative started for this art? Well, the,
1: that's the thing is I was working at House of Blues uh, as a lighting director, and in my downtime in between shows and stuff, I would sit and draw on my iPad, uh and at one point some uh, uh one of the bartenders of all things uh she came up to me and saw my art and was like oh you you're you you got your art is cool you should try and sell some of this stuff and i was and i i you know at the time i never even considered the concept of selling my artwork i was like you know which is one of those deals i was just i just drew for fun and uh you know i i, I guess it just never occurred to me because i you know i I was paid money, you know, which was weird, too, because I was paid to light bands and light corporate events. And and I even made some money doing like the makeup effects stuff. But I just never thought the idea of just creating art to sell to people. And she was like, no, try it out. Let's see what we could do. And she was we were doing some local uh, shows, like one of those kind of first Friday things. It was uh, like a streets fair thing. And she said she would she would share her spot with me. And I was like, all right, I'll I'll get some pieces together and we'll see what happens. And I sold nothing that weekend. I mean, it was like, you know, I would just sat there and kind of stared because it was a family event and I think I had a bunch of pinup chicks. But the point was is it kind of got me the idea that I could do this if I set my reality up. I wasn't doing the metal then at that point. I started doing uh, a couple shows uh, with just selling my pieces on paper. Uh, And then what happened was is a friend of mine, another artist, uh, as a gift, she had gone to San Diego Comic-Con and she gave me uh, a gift of some metal bookmarks she had made. And I saw the metal bookmarks and was like, I want to do my art on this. How do I do this? And she put me in touch with the the, the company that I work with to this day. And actually what ended up happening was is I actually had to invest in their company so they could do the size metals I do. Because uh, at the time they were only doing metal uh, like trading cards and comic book size medals. they weren't doing larger so they needed like more equipment to do that and i i was actually willing to invest with them to say look i will i will give you the money to make this because i want my product on large size metal so at the beginning of all this which is now we're talking yeah like seven years ago uh you know we were the first people to really kind of carry that much metal you know what i mean and now it's like it's kind of funny because the process since we've been made it so public, I think, around the shows around the country and stuff, I I feel like uh, a lot of those people have, uh, uh, you know, you, you'll see like where once upon a time I was like the only guy selling R and metal. And I think there's now like you can go to some of these comic cons. You'll see like 20 to 30 other people saying and metal and it doesn't look the same. Everyone has different styles and different and, and, and different even uh, uh, different types of metal. But uh, I, I to me, it's my canvas. It'll always be my canvas.
0: You were the starter of this. So we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the other thing. Yeah, I've been to a few more cons. I've been to Tokyo and Tulsa. All these mm-hmm. events, and I've seen some people do the Metal Prince. Yep. And it's funny because my friends will always go, "Hey, is Jerry here? I see Metal Prince," and I'm like, "No, it's not him, unfortunately." But <laughs> so yeah. they're always like bummed. They're like, "Damn, I was going to go up there and get a ticket just to go see him and everything." So. Yeah. No, it's,
1: and that's the thing. It's, there is a lot of people and we, you know, and I'd and i get a lot of artists that would always come running up to us and be like, well, I want to do this. And I'd be like, well, uh, I tell them what to do, but it's like, it's, there's, it's like, it's, just a, it's like trying to explain, you know, it'd be like, I guess, you know, like, like, like Leonardo da Vinci trying to explain art to somebody, you know, it's like one of those deals. You can't tell people how to do stuff. It's, it's either works or it doesn't. And, uh, I know that a lot of people have tried to do it and some people are really successful with any, like like with any kind of thing like canvas or art or anything and some people are doing it it just they're wasting their money because it doesn't look right but you know it's a, you know it's the way it goes i i just to me this is what i'm known for and and because of the way i do my stuff it's become very like like because i do limited edition runs on things a lot of people like that because then they feel like they're getting something that's collectible as opposed to just something that someone's going to make a million of and nobody cares if you know you drop it you know or something
0: yeah I get that. And that's the other thing I always loved is that I've seen the other metal prints and some, like you said, they're good. Others, like you might want to stick to just paper, Mm -hmm. but with yours, what I've always been attached to is one, how your characters look in the picture, but it's also your different colors in the background. Always just pulls it together. And then again, with your lighting on a flashing different colors, it just pulls certain pieces of it out just to make it stand out and just look overall beautiful. I wanted to I, ask. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask, what kind of gave you the idea to do designs one on metal? Like, is it easier for you now to do it on metal as opposed to paper, or?
1: You know what? What I want. Well, here's the thing. And this kind of comes back to the like. You know, I I think every I think every artist struggles. With the idea of trying to have something unique, they want to bring their own voice. You know, I mean, I, the biggest thing is, is, you know, especially when you go to some of these comic cons and there's like a hundred artists there. What makes you stand out? What makes you that? Now, of course, yeah, we've already talked a little bit. You mentioned like my booth, which is which is a th- entity in itself at this point. But the, the but the the idea of why I do my art the way I do, it all keeps going back to what my interests are and what I do. Like I having done lighting for rock bands for 20 years my concept is when i do a piece or a character i pick a setup uh, or a design in my mind that is going to look like they're kind of like being spotlit at the moment of you know, like i always try and when I'm, someone says what do, what do you do I, th- I think like if i'm doing like a p- picture of say like you know like of uh, harley quinn it's my mind that harley quinn has jumped out on the stage and you're getting a like a like a like a like a rock and roll shot of Harley Quinn standing there. And that's kind of the concept. So the lighting on her is going to represent the way in my mind, I would love to see like, you know, those lights work. So you're going to have like different colored lights hitting her at different angles. And it's always, there's like a center spot on her a certain way or a pose because, you know, I always want it to look like you're, you're getting that, big action moment or something when that person is seen in the picture. So I guess that's kind of where my style of it come now. Now, as far as going why I chose to do it on metal is it just thought it would be the coolest thing, because to me, as a, as a metal guy, rock and roll guy, I was like, oh, metal art on metal. How could you not do this? You know, so and, and there's even different varyings of the metal. So like for the most part, like I do what's considered they call it like a silver metal or a translucent metal because there's so many layers going on. I like that because you see the layer of the actual metal itself sticking through the the piece as opposed to some pieces that some people will do which is considered like a white metal which is much more of an opaque feel where the metal itself is it's, it's there and the colors are vibrant but for the most part it's it's just like a 2d thing so makes sense
0: oh yeah definitely makes sense and again that like you said it makes it feel like every piece you have is a rock star about to come onto stage and the show's about to begin and this is one of the always funny things I remembered is when I went to your stand that first year I met you, I kept always again, coming back to your stand because it kept drawing me there. I'm like, I want to see the show. Even I've seen the same stuff, but <laughs> it's just, it pulls you in. Thank you. Thank and you. I just remember uh, your wife thought I was very like obsessed, which I mean, yeah, I kind of was, but. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, it's, it. that's what I love. I mean, that's, I mean, we really do, and and we're very lucky that we have. You know, I I feel very thankful that I have people that have appreciated what I'm doing to the degree that they'll come back to my booth. They'll see what I'm doing. They want to see what else I put out when I, because that's the other problem is like, you know, as, as you know, when you go to these shows, you only get so much space as a vendor. So like, my thing is I want to try and show as much as I can. So usually what ends up happening is things start selling and I just put new pieces out. So I get people that'll keep coming back to the booth to see what else i put out. Cause they haven't, you know, instead of just going, you know, they don't want to just, they don't want to just, bother me. They'd just rather come back and take a peek and see what else I've put out so they can see something cool and new. But at the same time, it's like, I, you know, that's kind of like why I do the display I do too, because I want to showcase it um, in a unique way. I mean, I think I think what happens is with a lot of these shows, and I, it's interesting too, because I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you go to more, more and more shows you go to, you'll see more uh, tech technology being put into people's displays I feel uh, like because back when we first started doing this I hadn't come from the having come from the entertainment industry I was like well we need to have I want to have lights I want to have this and now I even you know I don't know if you've seen this recently but we have I got a 65 inch television in the background doing stuff I got like two TVs up you know so we got all these different things but to me it's because I want to showcase my art in this small space they give me the best I can and so when we do all this crazy lights and all that stuff, some people think it's just because I'm trying to draw people in, and it does work that way. But at the same time, I like to think of, like, my setup and my stand is, is I want people to feel like this is something special. So that's the way I feel about it. So as long as, you, you know, people are excited, you know, it works with it.
0: Definitely agree with that. Again, like you said, it was something that I have noticed. Yeah, like as I go to cons, I see people like, evolving into more of the digital world with certain things here and there that just make it different. But at the same time, they still kind of like keep the pieces that make it so special. They don't try to upgrade that. They don't try to evolve it. They just keep it that that makes them simple. And again, that's what I loved about your place is that every time I'd go there, yeah, you'd have a few things different here and there, maybe different uh, backgrounds, different like adding the TVs and everything, but you still kept, the same feel of it it's not like i'm trying to be better i'm doing this because this is what i love
1: yeah oh yeah no i mean it's got you have i mean (laughs) like when people come to our like i have other vendors that'll come visit me while we're like setting up and stuff and they know because like my setup takes like like usually between eight to ten hours to set up my booth for a show and uh, you know it's one of those things but to me that that that's like a normal reality because that was I you know you spend 12 hours to 14 hours setting up for a rock concert each day so for me when you're doing that kind of thing to going to this it's to me it's a break when most other vendors are used to just showing up put up their little backdrop throw their stuff on a table and they're ready to go I don't think of it like that to me it's like it's all about the production I want it to look cool so people have something to see and be excited to be there you know and we've been on you know many many shows have used Us as the backdrop for, say, like their commercials when the when the news comes in, things like that, and it's always fine. I I love it because I always say we're show ready, we're 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 TV ready. So if you want to come use us, just just let me know. I'm happy to do it. But it's I feel like I I give myself that level. I refuse to let myself be like not you know because I I just I I guess it's just being like when you're when the show must go on, and it's one of those deals for me when when you're doing a show, it's like if it doesn't look right, you know. Nobody notices anything wrong with like the tech end of things for shows unless it doesn't work. <laughs> so it, that's always been the deal. So like for me, I, I I came from a reality where I was in the shadows most of the time unless something was going wrong, and now I'm front and center. And of course, if I'm gonna be front and center, I might as well at least do something that I I know enough about that I could that I could present well.
0: And it works to perfection. And you were talking about how vendors would come over and look at your setups and everything but I've also noticed that like I've seen photos of you like with celebrities that come over and see like so many and is that like an awesome feeling when either like celebrities come over or when people buy your artwork and then they come back and show you that they had that celebrity autograph it is that like a it's cool
1: heck yeah no is there something so unique like to me like and it's something that just kind of I think started kind of as a fluke where a couple people were like oh I'm gonna go buy this piece and could some like someone would ask can somebody sign this and I was like heck yeah I was like yeah go get it signed that's awesome because to me I think it was like I thought of it like this is me as a collector I you know when somebody picks something that they want to get signed by that special celebrity that they appreciate then it's like it just is. It's an even bigger like compliments you because yeah. I mean I you know and I dealt with a lot of rock stars and stuff like that in the in the lighting industry. So to me I wasn't like I, I don't get as much starstruck on that kind of. Stuff. I tend to get more starstruck on guys like like Tom Savini and makeup artist guys that show yeah. up at some of these horror shows and stuff. So those are the guys I go Ooh, that's a cool guy I would really love to meet that guy. But like um, you know but when the celebrities come over like if somebody comes over to me like uh like a funny story is I always get like as a, as a Jeff uh uh uh. uh, uh, uh Jason David Frank, right from yeah. uh, Green Power Ranger, came over to my yeah. booth at one point and was like, "Where's your Green Power Ranger?" And that was before I drew one, and I said, "I haven't drawn one yet." And He's like, "You need to do one." So I was like, "Fine," I, and I went and I drew one. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I think he signed that piece probably about a hundred times at this point from various people bringing it to him to go get signed. Between that and I have the White Ranger, and people, you know, go get that. So it's, you know, it's become such a kind of cool thing, and that's one of the things that I like to show off. When we have with the TV, for example, is I'll have like uh, scrolling in the background all these different signatures that people bring. Cause I always tell people, like, when you get a signed, come on back, visit me, show me it. I want to take a picture of it so I can show the world how, how you have this cool grail and, you know, and lets people, makes people feel happy, you know. So uh, it's kind of neat. I've even had a few commissions specifically done for certain shows where they'll commission me to do a piece just so they can go get it the number one signed by whoever the heck they are there to see, you know. So that's kind of cool too.
0: Oh, that's really awesome when they do that. Yeah. So I gotta ask, like, all out of all the celebrities you've met, because I'm sure you've met a large amount of celebrities, whether it's at the horror cons <laughs> or comic cons or any type of con. Who is the one that you was like, "Oh man, I'm so glad this guy came over to see me. Like, this is a dream come true to see this individual."
1: You know what? Uh, I'll tell you what one was really neat. Um, we were at Indiana Comic Con. There's a few. There's a lot. Like, cause I met I met a lot of people, but I'll, one that one that I definitely. Will always remember, was we were at an Indiana Comic Con, and I had a, I had my Emperor piece from uh, Star Wars. I had a Emperor Palpatine piece I did, um, and I had a bunch of people go buy that to go get signed by him. And I guess he was his curiosity was so piqued about the piece, he came to my booth. But he he didn't just come to my booth. He, like, he was escorted by, like, the 501st and, like, you know, which is a bunch of cosplayer Star Wars guys dressed in, like, Star Wars gear and the cops and all these. So, like, the whole artist alley shut down. So he could just come to my booth and meet me because he's like, I've been signing all these pieces. I figured I'd like to know who this person was. So it was kind of neat. So it was a picture with me with like you know Ian McDermott, which was neat too because this was long before uh, the the newer movies came out and you didn't you know when they brought him back. So at the time he was just enjoying the fandom of going around, whether or not he knew he was going to be back in it or not. Who knows? But uh, so that was kind of cool. But I mean, there's so many great people that I get to meet that way, and it's just exciting when
0: I do. You know, it's definitely cool. I'm glad that like. It's cool when they go they specifically come find you out just so they can see who's this artist that does this p- picture of me,
1: yeah, yeah, it's crazy I mean um uh, Sean Wallace uh who is the you know he's the the guy from uh, uh, Princess Bride, a guy who's inconceivable, you know that mm-hmm. guy um we uh, we were at another show with him and he enjoyed uh, the piece I did a toy Story Jurassic Park mashup. Uh, and basically, uh, those pieces were getting signed by him so much, he wanted one. So I, I'm, I'm doing the show and his 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 rep comes over to me and is like, uh, Sean wants one of your pieces if it's okay. And I was like, I will give him one, but I get to take a picture with him that's that's why i was like i'm gonna do that so like they had to go sneak all the way through like the whole you know signature area there and 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 there's a picture of me with him like holding the the piece together and you know and he was it was like two bald old jew guys like just laughing and having a good time but i mean you know but i mean that was the whole thing it was kind of like we uh you know it's when when these opportunities come up i i totally am happy to take part in them i don't specifically go after them like i have a lot of people go why don't you go get stuff signed yourself And i'm like that's not my goal my goal is to sell you the art and you enjoy it and do what you want with it and then if you go get it signed of course i'm gonna be excited to see that but it's like that's not my goal my goal is to bring you cool art you know
0: (laughs) yeah that's definitely now you've been to every con across the u.s pretty much haven't you
1: well, you know, that's the funny thing is like, like we do like about 30 shows a year now and we still never touch the surface of everything. Because when you take into account, there's about a thousand shows a year. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I think it's getting a little crazy how many there are. Cause it's getting to the point where like every weekend, there's at least two or three shows going on somewhere in the country, which does uh, cause us that kind of a grief because I feel bad because there's fans I have in certain cities that I can't be two places at once. And we, we, because of our setup, it's not the kind of thing that I could just go, Oh, we'll just set it up over here and over here. You know, splitting up we've only done a split up once so far and it was it was because it was two monstrous shows i had denver comic-con which had like you know 130,000 people and then i had uh uh, anime expo which is the biggest anime show in the country and that's like you know that was like 120,000 people so we had to you know i couldn't give up one of those shows because i would lose my spot so we 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 split up for that and that was like that was like we're You know, Serenity took over that one and I did the other one, but we got through it. But it was it was it was crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, doing the split up, that definitely had to be a little bit of a tough one. But you guys pulled through it and I'm sure it was a big success for both of you.
1: We were very lucky, and it's one. Of, but it's it's interesting too, though, because you still get you know, like ninety. I'd say about there was t- people that would come up to the booth and be like, "Where's Jerry?" And be like, "He's in Denver." <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, but at least they recognize her and they know that she's you know. Because that's the other thing. Like, there's there's a lot of artists that I you know I'm not gonna speak I'm not gonna speak ill of my fellow artists, but there are some artists that I feel uh try and do these money grabs where they'll split themselves up and try and do multiple shows a weekend and they'll will just have some random guy sitting there selling their art that knows nothing about the artists and it's you know you obviously can't get it signed by the artist obviously if you buy it from them because they're not there and things like that. But you know there's some guys that make a whole career out of that concept. And to me I I I once again it's it goes back to the whole uh, you know the way I feel about taking care of my customers and my art and respecting the concept is that if, if I can't be there or can't have like my girlfriend who's like, like my partner in everything I do here, be there someone that's going to know and appreciate, you know, the art itself. It's kind of like, I, I just, I feel like it's half-assing So I won't do that. I will, if I can't be there, I can't be there. You know?
0: But at least you take pride in that. You're not going to be like, all right, I'm just going to send this nobody that doesn't know anything about my art. He's going there and he's going to take care of it.
1: Um, well i'm sure yeah and i'm sure you've seen that you go to some place and this guy doesn't even know who the artist is (laughs) they're just like oh he paid me to be here i just a friend of a friend who sits here and and mans his booth and it's like no i I just can't do that i just i I don't know i don't need it that bad it's not about i'm not you know i i do fine with the shows i could do i wish i could be in more places it's just it's hard to be everywhere at once you know you try and do as many as you can
0: oh yeah especially traveling like always on the road and everything i'm sure that has to be exhausting at times
1: it was crazy. I mean, we've had some, and that's the where this is such a weird, uh, like opposite, um, because here we are now in a world where I've been in my house, which we just bought a new house last year. So we kind of like I think I stupidly asked, oh, I'd love to spend some time in the house, and there you go, I monkey pawed this whole thing. But I mean, you know, the the the. The point is, is you know, we've been in this house now for like four months or something, and I've been like, holy sh! You know, I I would love to just go somewhere and do something, and anywhere I would go is closed. So it's like we're kind of, you know, we just do keep doing our weekly show and make people happy, but for us, it's like it's like living in Groundhog's Day because all I do is I wake up, I do commissions, 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 and then we you know we do the show on Friday. I take I think we take a day or two just to stare into at the TV for a while to kind of regroup, and then we get back on our horse. I think we do. We also do one day of role playing games because I need. To have my gaming day or something, or I'll go nuts. So oh, we, we have a, yeah. I have a couple buddies come over and we do like some D D or Starfinder right now. We're playing a Starfinder. So that's kinda of like my escape to get to roll dice and kill things and then I get back into the wars <laughs> and I start drawing again and there you go.
0: <laughs> get the rage out, you know, like finally I get to kill something. Get this <laughs> exactly. rage of Yeah. No. I, you get it. I agree with that so much because yeah, D D for me is definitely like it's a great escape from reality to where like okay, I just need to relax, calm down, and just murder this dragon. And then I'll be good for the rest of the week until we go back. Exactly. So that was the other thing is like, we've always, my buddy and I have definitely been amazed with your D&D ones, like the nice. Mind flare you did, the Beholder, everything you've done. But what is one that you're like, is there one that you're working on or you're thinking of like, ah, this would be a fun one to do?
1: It's it's funny. Like every year I try to do, like we do Gen Con Which is like a giant gaming show that we love to do. That's like that's like one of those shows that I would love to just run away from the booth and just have fun. And we we feel it, you know. We we try and we try and like come in each day from a different angle so we can see stuff when we go into the booth. So that way we at least get to enjoy it a little bit. But yeah, so I try to bring a new D and D piece or uh, like that kind of a high fancy piece every uh, every year. So the newest one I just did this year, I don't know if you saw, was a Displacer Beast. and it's it's kind of funky because like i really uh, I had a lot of fun with it because, like, uh, you know, if you know what a displacer beast is, it it's kind of like this crazy six legged cat monster that has these tentacles on its back. But the cool part about this creature is that it has some kind of ability that basically, when you're trying to attack it, it has this ability where, hence the name displacement, uh, where it basically kind of seems like it's like five feet away from where it is. So I actually put in the piece the kind of displacing feel. So you actually see kind of the shimmery illusion of a displacer beast in the background. So you think it's. You know, so kind of it was just kind of fun to create that into the piece. So I, I keep on trying to like, you know, as a as a as a lover of that stuff, I try and bring at least something from that genre that that I enjoy uh, at least once a year when I get the time to to sneak one
0: out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I remember definitely seeing that. And I thought that was definitely I love all of them. But I think that one has been my by far my favorite one that you've done of the D&D style ones. The Mind Flare, I loved. It was beautiful. Everything, but just something, yeah, you know, like you said, it has kind of that after image effect on it to where it seems like it's here, but like you said, it's not, it's further over here.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. And a lot of these dnd things, I kind of go back to f- like memories of campaigns that I played in and stuff. So, like, like, like my beholder piece was actually a reminisce of a campaign I did. And there, you know, and the character that's getting disintegrated was uh, me disintegrating my friend's like warlock <laughs> character. So it's kind of like, I was like, yeah, you get to be, you know, brought to life and you know in an homage forever you know kind of thing as being dead you know so <laughs> here you go
0: oh that's horrible but beautiful here i'm gonna make you live forever as you're being disintegrated <laughs> this is gonna be perfect don't worry about it <laughs> exactly that's definitely something that was always so cool seeing your d stuff and again every time i go on there i remember seeing your godzilla stuff every time i look at it I love it but i hate it at the same time because i'm like i these are so beautiful but my wallet's going to kill me if i do this
1: well and that's it i always try and come up with a new uh new piece and a couple of uh, my uh godzilla pieces lately have been commissions that i had like i had a the one that i did was uh on a, the one of uh, the new movie the 2000 i called it the, my godzilla 2019 piece because it has like godzilla with Ghidra in the background and Mothra behind uh, Godzilla with Rodan behind him and Ghidra behind him. So it was like a four part of all that. That originally was a commission somebody wanted, and they got it as a four panel metal piece, which is like four pieces of the 11 by 17 metal, but together make one giant piece. So that one was a commission I was excited to do. And then uh, on uh, the other more recent one I did, uh, I did a, a burning Godzilla
0: piece, which I thought I was cool. that one. I Actually, I saw, right as I saw that, I'm like, okay. I don't care about my wallet. This, I need to get this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And then uh, I have a commission for a Destroyer piece that I'll be doing soon, so I'm excited for that.
0: Well, there you go, Godzilla folks. The Destroyer piece is coming soon. Now, that was the other thing. I wanted to, I know we're talking about your art and everything, but like, I know you're a huge Godzilla fan. Yep, yep. I wanted to hear your theory because you've seen, of course, the 2019 Godzilla. Yeah. The ending part where you saw Ghidorah's head. Yeah. Now, what's your theory on that? Because I've have my own theory, and I've heard other theories. Well, I mean,
1: I I see, I see two. I see potential for two different things. Uh, one, I definitely see the potential for them to go into the idea of somehow bringing like like a mecha would be badass. I think that'd be cool. Um, we already do know that in the Kong versus Godzilla movie, there's some kind of other kaiju that I haven't seen any pictures of. I try and avoid. Like, I, I, I want to have some, you know, I don't want to be spoiled too bad, but I do know there's some kind of a other kaiju that's going to show up, probably, that's going to be like the big bad, I think. I have a feeling in that fight, but, uh, you know, any way, shape, or form with that whole, the way Monarch was and the way the bad guys were, they give such potential to the idea of doing either Mechagidra or Mechagodzilla, so they have that, they have either or, I think, as a
0: potential. See, I think just because they were talking about the oxygen destroyer and they used it on Godzilla, mm. I think it's going to be Destroya.
1: That's possible. That's a whole other beast, though, because like I said, the the, the destroyer was so funky because of the whole you know with the with it was almost like an aliens meets you know because the way they did the the way it be, you know becomes him and stuff. I I guess it could happen. It'd be really neat to see if they go that route. You know,
0: definitely curious to see what they do, and I'm excited to see this metal piece of yours with Destroya because. Is it going to be like his full blown like, I call it the devil form?
1: Yeah, they want he they wanted the final form, so it's going to be the the big big the big big monster. Yeah, so I'm excited for that too.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to that one. That one's definitely going to be a beautiful one. And speaking of like these beautiful ones, we've talked about your art and everything, but in your opinion, which like you have all these different categories, whether it's sci-fi or anime monsters. What category do you like drawing the most when somebody gives you a commission of like, hey, I want this anime character. Do you get more excited than as if somebody came up and said, I want this monster character? You know what?
1: I, I, you know, I've become very, you know, there was when I first started this, I would love you know, I would try to like I my thing was is there was there were certain things I felt more comfortable drawing um because i you know could relate to it like obviously horror movie characters were easy at first and because i was a big horror fan uh fantasy I, I like you know lord of the Rings stuff it's a, it's no it's no brainer i could do fantasy stuff for days um you know the, the my weakest spots which are now kind of funny because i get more and more commissions from them were my anime stuff because i just didn't watch a lot of anime at first and now because i watched a lot of it because i've been commissioned to draw and i have to keep researching it so i'm like all right i'm watching dragon so i'm all on dragon Z, I, 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 I watch like my hero and if any you know overlord i've watched and things like that. so i keep watching all these different things that people keep hiring me to draw and I, get, and I dig it which i get to enjoy that end of it too because now you know now just it just strengthens my thing my only thing that i've ever like at this point and that's the, that's the thing i feel really happy about as an artist i feel like i keep growing i keep uh expanding and getting better because i don't I, you know no artist i think should Feel like they're they have hit their peak. I think you could always get better. There's always something you can learn or do. But I try my best to try and do new things. Like I'm getting like a, a new thing that I keep branching out more. Is and a, and I just recently got published in a a book for a, a Ghostbusters. I did a ecto one piece. So uh, vehicles were kind of my uh, thing that I was a little bit of. Uh, hesitant to do at first for people and now i've done a bunch of vehicle type pieces and cars and stuff like the back to the future car and that kind of thing but it's like to me i don't mind that because with vehicles it's you got to be really like it's 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 such a hard line thing it's not like you can you can you know i can't just draw this squiggly line and go yeah that's the way the the side of the car works no it's it has to be straight and so um so that's where it starts getting a little like into that, but 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 vehicles and things like that are also kind of cool because they open such a uh, a wide range of uh, possibilities for lighting effects because the way light reflects off the metal of the vehicles and things like that gives me a lot of a lot of stuff to play with. So uh, again, I as a, you know another thing that I found myself that I. Uh, not as much subject matter but as much of trying to fit multiple characters on a single piece that was another thing i was kind of because at first i was always like look i like to give all my attention to one character and if i do all my attention to one character i feel like if i have 20 characters or something like that on a page it's not going to give them the same justice but more and more i keep getting these multi-character pieces where sometimes i'll do it as like a two-panel piece where they go together kind of thing but what i'm finding is is i'm not as afraid to say all right i'm gonna throw like two or three characters on this piece and they'll still cool because i can make it work
0: that was the thing again i've noticed with that like i remember whenever i saw yours like you like you said they were always on single ones and now you've branched you evolved into doing multiple characters just on one piece and i think they look just as good i'm not trying to be a suck up here <laughs> I'm, I'm past that so um but that was the other thing i thought was so cool is like how you were able to get multiple characters on this and the art styles, everything like um, going back to your Godzilla one where you had Godzilla in the front, Rodan, Ghidorah and Mothra. That one I thought was so cool because each one looked so beautiful and they worked so well with each piece on there. It just it felt natural, it just felt I don't know. I'm not a don't know the artist language, but it looked really well done.
1: Thank you, thank you. No, I, I, I really, and I, and that's something I, 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 you know, I, I keep striving to do the best I can. I, I try and give, you know, like I, you know, maybe, maybe the best comparison I could say is, is like when you're like when you go to the movies and you see all these like coming attraction movie posters that people like that a great artist design and stuff like that. I, I only like I try to hit that level because I want it to be like that. Pinnacle. I, I feel like you know. I feel like some people just draw a character and they don't they don't think of the layout. They don't think of what the character is looking at or doing or anything. And they just put it on a piece of paper and you know and say here here's a scratch pad that I drew this cool piece, but it doesn't make any sense and it's it's just there. I try it in every piece the background is to me is as important sometimes as the character. In fact, sometimes I will be designing the background before I'll even color the character because obviously that's going to affect the way the color and light is hitting the character so there's times where I'm designing one versus the other trying to just make sure that it does what I want it to do
0: and I wanted to ask you like you were talking about like we said you make two different pieces that go together Mm -hmm. is that like does that make it a little easier or how like (laughs) because I don't know the whole art world for this but does that make it a little more difficult because you're like well crap I can't have too much on this side and not enough on this.
1: Well I like here's here's for me where where I get a little bit of a reprieve. Like originally like I would assume like because I'm working digitally I get I get a little bit of a leeway on some of this stuff because I can say, all right, well I'm gonna work on this piece, this piece, and this piece. And then usually the way I do my stuff is I will do like if I have a multi panel piece, I'll do like a rough sketch up of where the where the characters are going to be together in the piece. And then basically I will split that into the pieces that it's going to be broken up because what ends up happening is technology gets in the way because when i draw i tend to like to use like 20 to 30 layers in my pieces and in the program i use if i go too big i lose my layers they they i can only do so many layers so like uh, i'll give you a good example i did this badass lord of the rings piece which was basically aragorn uh you know uh uh Gimli and uh, uh shoot what the heck's the name i'm trying to Legolas, there you go. So all three of them were going to be, it was a three-part metal piece with all three of these guys together, but I had to make sure they laid out perfectly in their their layout and their design and where they were going. So, uh, you know, when I got them all laid out on this, 33 by 17 piece uh, I had maybe like two layers and I was like well okay so fine so I'll just get the drawing part of it doodled out and then I'll split it the way it's going to go and I will perfect each piece and then usually what I'll do is is once I have each separate piece completed I'll put them back together and then I will do touch-ups on the, the pieces so that they all work together when you put them next to each
0: other. Seems like too much work for me, but that it is a cool thing that, like, how you do that, especially, like, so you do pretty much all this on your iPad, or have you, do you use a computer now, or what do you? I, uh,
1: I you know, that's the funniest thing of all, is that I started all this on the old, old iPad, which was, like, the little one that, you, you know, that was available, oh. and the only reason I even did have that was because somebody at work when I was working in production said look you can put your plots in this thing you don't need to carry around all this paper and you could zoom in and do all this cool stuff for work and stuff and I thought and I bought it and and I thought wonder if I could draw on this thing and I was drawing with my finger when I first started this I didn't have a stylus or anything like that and then you know as the ipads started getting more and more uh, complex uh, and and capable uh, I was impressed and I, I invested it into each of them as they came out to the point where I You know that I have the newest iPad Pro with the with the pencil um, And I love it. And so that's that's kind of become my thing. I like working on the iPad uh, it, Because it works with my style it works with my flow and it's 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 easy I can sit on the couch and draw I don't gotta like lug this big system around with me. Um <laughs> And then when it's done and I'm happy with it, I usually will drag it into Photoshop just to see the layout on a bigger screen. Um, and uh, usually, between printing and and setting up for putting it on the metal, I have to adjust the the colorations a little bit just to make sure that they pop and do whatever. But but for the most part, once it's done on the iPad, it's done. I don't have to do too much with it.
0: Dang, I have it how was that drawing with your finger on that? Because yeah, with the pencil, it's a little easier because <laughs> you can get the pinpoint. But your finger has a little more coverage area on the iPad to uh
1: <laughs> Yeah, that draw like I I should I should dig out that drawing somewhere. It was like it was like it was a doodle of some weird monster I drew and it, it really you know, yes, it looked like finger paint. Like done with high tech stuff going on, but it was pretty much a high tank figure pick. That's pretty much it. So, yeah, I definitely once I realized I can because they didn't have like a stylus specifically for the iPad originally, uh, they had ones that would work with it, and then I started working with some of those, uh, a Donnet Jot Pro and and a you know, Bamboo had a, a stylus that I liked. But then, once, like I said, once the iPad Pro came out with the pencil, I even have like the first version of the iPad pencil, and then the new version came out with its own pencil that clicks to the side and does even more stuff but like all of those like it's just it just is, it's, it's such a blessing that when you go oh i get something cooler to work with now and i just go that route. i actually you know because originally like i think i was looking at like uh the uh the the, the wacom tablets and and then and then and the big high-end uh, drawing, uh, you know, Wacom's that uh, that uh, you know that the animators like to use and stuff like that. But those those systems like go up to like five, six grand. You know, it's, they're a ton of money. And uh, for me where it's not as portable too because you just got to lug a like a, a lug a desktop around while you're connecting that too when i'm on the road and doing stuff i was like in no way in hell am i lugging all this stuff around so i could draw i i was like and i've even met wacom people come up to me and they see the digital art i'm drawing and go oh you're using a wacom. I'm like no i'm using an ipad if you want to give me one of these things maybe i'll try it out but you know <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i just that's it is what it is it's, you know but uh but yeah so that's the ipads become it's just amazing technology i'm so thankful for it
0: it's definitely amazing how well like technology has been able to help people out with all this stuff like i mean how microphones are how computers are like how everything has just become so digital and you either have to evolve with it or you fall behind anymore oh definitely That's, it's a crazy thing and i want the other thing i want to ask you because it seems like these couch cons from what i hear like you're
1: doing really well
0: with it it's Helping you guys get through this pandemic. Yep. Are you still, like, say when cons come back and everything. I know you guys will be on the road most of the time. So, will there still be, like, random times where we'll be like, all right, you know, let's do an anniversary. We'll do a couch con you know what it, it's,
1: it's funny you bring that up we uh you know we've had so many it's been really interesting like because like like here's the reality i mean like aside from certain fans that buy from me like on a constant basis for the most part when we would do a show you know you see somebody maybe each year and you say hi you talk to them blah blah blah, you move on and, and you buy from you and you're excited to see them they see what you have that's new and then you go on to the next city and you don't see them again for another year or maybe they buy something off the website and they just say hi and that's about it these couch cons i have people that have been coming to these things for like 15 weeks straight every week and, like, it's kind of like, you know, I, I'm not, I'd, l- I'd like to think I'm that interesting, but at the same time, I try my best to be, you know, uh, you know, they want to hear the stories about the pieces because I tell every piece that I do, I, I usually tell a little bit of backstory about each piece as We sell them as the, you know, the APs and all that. Uh, I talk about new pieces. I talk about, you know, anything that's coming up kind of stuff. But, like, these people have become really close to our lives, and, and, and there's a lot of them. that's like It's like we're, we're averaging between... 60 to like 100 people a week sitting there watching us, so we're never really that low. You know what I mean? So it's always and even and after the fact, we find that there's people watching these videos after they're posted, even if it's not going live. So I've had you know our our reach starts hitting that like 15,000 to 100,000. You know, it starts getting crazy numbers, and we're just like people are watching these things. That's amazing. So. What we decided and people have asked and I said, look, here's the deal. When I go back on the road, I'll try to do like a weekly like couch con. We'll just we'll do live con or whatever when we're at the show and do it from my booth or something like that. And I'll talk to, you know, do a little live broadcast while we're selling stuff. If it's not like crazy and we can talk to people or do something in between and and work it out and maybe even have some specials and do some things for those people that tune into us and want to be live. Because I what I feel we're kind of my end game my goal at one point was to do less shows and do more of where i can just sell from home uh so i wouldn't have to do 30 shows a year the point would be to have the fan base be able to support me and be excited enough that when i came out with a new piece and posted it people would just buy it because they knew to find me um and i guess we kind of had to push the envelope on that sooner than we wanted but it's it's kind of worked out which is cool because we've seen response where people are following us and being excited to be you know keep seeing new things and and so it's kind of worked out that way ahead of time now of course yeah once we go back to doing the shows i especially at least next year for sure because i have have all i have like 30 paid for shows i gotta go um they're all you know so uh, you know i'm there but it's after that we're probably going to be a little more uh decisive of what shows are really necessary for us to be at where sometimes where we would do a, a cheaper show because we just didn't have anything else to do now we know we could sit at you know sit at home and make about the same amount of money at a home show that i do for you know from my car you know from from my my living room here so you
0: don't have to travel or anything it's just right from home <laughs> yeah and it
1: saves us money it saves us wear and tear on ourselves and and mm-hmm. in, in a way it's it's we can almost reach just as many people so it's it's you know
0: And that was one thing I was before this whole pandemic. um, I reached out to you because I was like, hey, by chance, are you guys going to be at Planet Comic Con in Missouri? (laughs) And I was so excited when you guys said, yeah, we'll be there. I'm like, cool, because I haven't like face to face. I haven't seen you in like, geez, like three years or so. Yeah. And it was it's cool to see you like online and everything and order your stuff. But it's just another thing to be there in person and like see your artwork and there. Just course it makes it just more unique and magical and i remember we were going down there we were about to head there and then we got the call saying planet comic-con's been postponed and we were just like damn it we had this one moment to see you and we're like well i guess i'll just go order something online from him and (laughs) it'll be okay
1: (laughs) trust me i mean and, and now you just take that Take, take your exact situation and your exact feelings and your exact, you know, uh, what we, what you were thinking. And now times that by 30 shows that we had, yeah. with, you know, a thousand people, at least it all felt the same way. And ho- and a lot of them did kind of come to us and say, hey, I want to support you and keep you going. Because we do. I mean, there's a lot of artists that I know that are delivering pizzas right now because they haven't got the income to survive. And I, I feel very thankful that we've been able to keep our self going and make things work out so we can do this and keep creating and you know and my commission list is actually longer than it's ever been now because i have like oh every time i turn around i got like 50 commissions in my list so i go all right it never goes down apparently but uh you know and it's one of those things we're just thankful and people are happy and liking what we're doing and we keep bringing stuff to people and and doing what we do so to me i'll never not do shows. I, I know there's going to always be shows a year. I'm going to have to go to because there are people I always want to see and do. It, it just probably will go from the 30 something shows to down to maybe like 12 to 15 shows, and it'll be the big ones that we love and we have the biggest fan base at that we can do. And, and and the nice part about this country I've noticed is you can get anywhere in this dang country in three days. So the fact is, if somebody really wants to see me and we're doing a show in the middle of the country and they're a couple states over, most of the time I find half these people will show up anyway to those shows. Uh, I get I get to the point. Or now I have some people that will say, if you're at the show, I'll come. But I'm not coming and buying the ticket if you're not there. And I'll be like, that's the nicest thing you could say. I appreciate it because I'm trying my best to be there for people.
0: See, that's kind of a cool thing right there. It's like it makes you kind of feel like a celebrity. Like these people are coming to see you, not these movie stars or actors or anything. They're like, no, I want to come see this artist. If he's not there, I'm not going.
1: It is really cool it's surreal i like i said for me as an artist where i where i was always in the 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 dark for like production where no one knew what heck most of the time guys were yelling thinking i was the sound guy and i was the lighting guy they they just turn it up. i'm like i'm not i can't turn it up i'm turning the lights on but you know so like that reality to go from that to this that i think that grounds me first of all because i'm never gonna be like you know think that oh i'm I'm, uh, look at me! Do you know who I am? No, it's not about that. I'm just happy people like what I'm doing, and then and they respond accordingly. And 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 I I like to think that it, somehow uh, I'm hopefully doing something that people enjoy. I hope that I'm inspiring. Hopefully, maybe some other person that wants to become an artist someday to to try to do the next thing or learn something or just do their own way. You know, because I feel like you know even in the comic con scene, uh, I I, I kind of laugh because when we first showed up, we had I had a lot of artists like kind of like pointing at my style and going what's with this crazy color stuff and all that stuff and now it's like everyone I feel like I feel. I look at all these <laughs> new covers and I see I see like I see all these artists that never did lighting before trying to attack lighting in their pieces and it makes me laugh so I kind of think I, I hopefully inspired somebody and made them a little better who knows but uh for what it is we just keep doing us awesome. and and uh we keep trying to you know like I, we're doing like we do the metal uh then after a while we we kind of started doing these hollow foil prints which i think we kind of started that because no one was doing that full heavy scale you know like so we brought that to the forefront and i feel like now people are doing these the hollow foil paper prints when they can't afford to do the metal because it's cheap, a little cheaper than the metal so they'll do that too um and then uh you know so we kind of try and always push the boundaries and find new cool things for people to have you know
0: definitely and i think for you it works and i feel like you may have inspired a few people with how many people follow you and always like again people come to see you specifically there has to be some form of them like man i want to be as good as this guy i want to be able to do this crazy artwork that he does to this level so i'm sure throughout your years of doing this you may have had like maybe one or two people go i'm going to be like jerry
1: I hope so. I I like to think I, you know, I'd like to think somewhere, you know, it's, it's, that's the beauty of it. You know, if you're not, if you're not inspiring people, then why, you know, it's like you're doing something wrong. You should always try and you know every profession I would like to think somebody out there is trying to find that next generation somehow so I always get a kick out of when we see kids come over and they they want to show me their drawings they did and stuff like that and I'm like you know I try and try and you know be uh uh, you know happy about it and all that kind of thing you know it is what it is that's the beauty of it you know it's that's what we're all here for I get I still get like I said I still get like excited when I see certain artists that I Bought art from where I get, I, you know, that I bought comics from that I see and, and, you know, I try and be respectful to them. And, you know, so it's that kind of that whole circle of life thing, I think.
0: And I wanted to go back because you were talking about how one of your artworks was published in a Ghostbuster one. I believe one of your other arts was published in a Stranger Things book as well. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of, and this was kind of like a neat little, you know, it's like fun. Here's the deal. Like, I, I, like, I have so many, you know, I, I think a lot of artists strive to be uh, published, like whether it be my Marvel, DC, and and all these comic companies and all that kind of thing. To me, I never really forced myself to try to go that route because I feel like a lot of times with a lot of these companies, they're going to, you know, they, you want to do it for them. Of course, now you work for them and they get to tell you what to do. So it kind of like, I, 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 it almost kills me a little on the inside when I see some of my favorite artists uh working for one of those big 2 and suddenly their 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 artwork doesn't look like it normally does because they don't want their artwork they want them to just hash out their character the way they see it and what's the point you know so i always kind of try to like i don't chase that you know if it comes up hey i'm never gonna say it. like marvel said hey we want you to do your version like a Bill, you know sinkowitz cover or something I'm, of course i'm not gonna say no That's that'd be stupid <laughs> you know but uh but it, i just i'm not gonna chase it um but so what ended up happening was i had a couple friends that uh that are uh fellow artists that were doing uh They did some pieces for a book that came out that was based off of The Thing, uh, which I wish I had gotten into, John Carpenter's The Thing, which I would have loved to do a piece for. Um, And I was like, "Ah, I just missed it. And they were like, well, you you know, the funniest thing is they were like, that book is already done, but we have some more books coming up. And they – they basically, that's where this Stranger Things piece came from. It was directly with Netflix that they were partnering up, which I, I did, uh, you know, I did this cool piece, which was kind of fun. It was like the the monsters playing D&D with, like, the kids like, as action figures and stuff. So I really thought it was kind of a neat play on that. And apparently they liked it enough that they, they went with it, and it was in the book. But not only that, they liked it enough that they, uh, there's some sort of an option thing where, because you can only do so many pieces of it, or it's a limited edition I'm allowed to do through Netflix, or else you know, I'm being a bad boy, and you know doing Get in in trouble. Sh- yeah yeah so i I'm, I'm like i'll play by your game i'm not gonna i'm not gonna break the rules on that one i figured that was cool and then the the, the one that i just recently did was the ghostbusters one that just came out um and again same deal it was kind of neat i did the i did the ecto the one and they liked the piece so much that they used it actually as uh, a sci-fi ad they did some kind of online sci-fi magazine uh article that mine and maybe like five other pieces were used uh in that article which is kind of cool and then they actually used my piece for some kind of uh an online when they were about to publish the book they used my piece uh they animated it which is kind of funny they like they animated it a little bit which uh uh, it it made it cool looking with the with the because obviously it's you know they animated the lightning parts and things like that to make it look kind of cool because the lighting in the piece just works well with it and so that was kind of fun too um i do have other projects that i'm doing with this company uh that i have out i can't i can't talk about some of them because they're
0: they're
1: but uh but there's a couple there's a cool horror one coming out supposedly and then there's one i can even i can talk about but i can't obviously i just can't can't see the piece but uh there's a if you're a firefly firefly fan uh i do have a serenity piece coming out that uh it's a you know it's a river tam piece that's going to be in a book of all our pieces based off of that show so uh that's going to be coming out. I think in September was originally the date. We'll see if it gets pushed, how far it gets pushed because of the whole, you know, with the COVID thing, it's everything's being delayed a little bit, but that's supposed to be get released then. And again, I'll have like a limited edition piece with that and through Fox and all that stuff. So that's kind of cool.
0: That's definitely amazing that like you're you're is it kind of surreal to you? That's like my stuff is being published in these books to, for this the whole world to see if they pick up this book. Is that kind of like a, a big, I'm guessing it's a big accomplishment, one, but is it, like, crazy to you that it's happening, or...?
1: It is, it's a, it's it's cool. I'm definitely very thankful and cool about it. I, I You know, I get, once in a while, I get these, like, that's something funny, because, like, a friend of mine, like, gra- found the book, uh, the Stranger Things book, for example, like, in a Target, and she, like, opened it up. So my friend's in this book. To me, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, somewhere across the country, somebody's just grabbing this book, and, and there's me in there. Um... Like I even had like somebody, like the weirdest story. Somebody messaged me one day on Facebook, because obviously, because I have a lot of friends in the entertainment industry, so they're always touring and, and doing uh, events around the you know the country. And somebody sent me a, a picture that they took of somebody's window in Texas. Of it was like it was like somebody had my bender piece leaning against the window like they had taken it down or they were going to move it or something and they were like this is your bender piece isn't it and it was like 30 stories up in a window somewhere in texas and it was like i was like wow that is crazy it was crazy that you saw that it was crazy that you recognized that it was mine <laughs> and I was like you know I thought that's a kind of thing like so so when I get things like that I always get a kick out of it of course it's amazing I, another thing that's kind of cool that I've had a couple neat uh, instances of is people try to get my pieces tattooed on them which is kind of funny i had a I had a guy take one of my uh my horror mashup muppets uh my texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre, Cookie Monster, and oh. he actually put that piece on his leg, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I was like, "Wow, somebody literally tattooed that on them!" <laughs> and uh, so things like that, I get a kick out of too.
0: That's wow! I never thought people would go that far, but that's did they get like the whole? thing or was it just the muppet itself did they have the background with it
1: they they did mostly the muppet and um i think they threw in because i have elmo like on a hook in the background so i think they did it. they didn't do the background because obviously that you know that it would be neat to see somebody try to recreate that on Mm -hmm. but the inking i don't think the inking i mean the inking wasn't a hundred percent as bright as obviously my colors on skin but it's but it definitely it was a good representation i was impressed they did a pretty good job for you know like and it's like i'm sure some artists would get you know, their pennies in a bunch. If it wasn't perfect, I was like, "That's amazing!" Somebody <laughs> took the chance to do that. I was like, "That's cool."
0: That's definitely crazy and wow! That I have no words for that. That's just <laughs> uh, that's out there. But I wanted to um, get to another thing with you, and you have all these different styles of metal prints. It's no longer the eleven by seventeen. You got, like you said, you have bookmarks, uh, pl- like playing card sizes. Mm -hmm. all these different ones what uh what made you decide to kind of do all these different uh styles of metal prints because i think for a while didn't you have like bottle openers too
1: yeah we did um well i mean here's the thing you know with any artist i feel like a lot of people you know uh, without getting into you know without going crazy about the whole concept you know it's there's business in this too there's a there's a mindset of like well i need to make money uh in in a in a fashion where there's not everyone that can afford to drop 50 dollars for a limited edition metal print and then some people don't want to just get paper when i say well you can get it on paper you know so what we would do is is with some of my pieces uh the way it, well actually the way it all kind of came into being was we did the, i only do 50 of each piece on the 11 by 17 size and what happens is when all 50 sell out i was originally feeling kind of sad because i was like oh shoot i have like I started having some pieces that were close to retirement I was like well what do I do because I kind of I feel bad that no one will be able to get any kind of a metal version of these pieces or you know that was kind of the whole way I designed them so we kind of came up with the idea to do these comic size medals. so I took the comic book size medals, and I would basically take any piece that I would sell all 50 of and I would shrink it onto that comic size metal it's a little cheaper obviously it's it's not the you know it's only you know it's like you know it's like half the prices if you buy the the, the large size metal if it when it existed but at least it kind of gave an Option for people to have a smaller size medal, the bookmarks and things like that. I mean, it always came down to the idea of like just giving little kids at the shows something to be able to get. So we thought, I'd right, do some cool designs, put them on bookmarks, so kids can get them. And we we have been doing bookmarks. That was what we started before we could do the large medals, because they weren't able to do them at first because I had to invest with them to get the the proper equipment to do the large ones. So we started with doing trading cards and the and the and the uh, the bookmarks first. Um, but my bookmark price, I've had the same bookmark price. I've been selling them like two for five at shows or $3 each for like seven years. And it's funny because I see other artists selling the same size bookmarks for like 10 to 15 bucks because they're just – I don't know. I don't know what they think they're doing at. But I feel like it's because they, they can get it maybe, I guess. But yeah. I just to me, I'd rather let people get more of my art. If they want to spend more money, let them buy the limited edition pieces or things and I go that route. I I haven't changed my prices really ever. We kind of keep it all the same because I'm doing fine. I don't need to change it. I mean, you know, my metal guy, I think, raised my price a teeny bit like this year because of the cost of metal, but it doesn't hurt me that much. You know, and I know the cost. The funny thing is I know the cost that all these guys are paying for their products and how they do it. So when I see people charging three times the cost of something for the same thing I charge, it's like, well, I I hope they get it because they better be somebody better love what they got
0: (laughs) exactly i remember yeah because a few of the metal print guys i'd go to and i'd see their prices and i'm just sitting there like this is not going to work this like i've seen some they're like you know a 100 bucks or even 150 and i'm like yeah and it's even on sometimes a smaller one so that's again with you you that's one thing that people about him he's not going to jip you on this he puts heart and soul into this
1: no I don't need to I mean and and there's a there are some metal people that do and it all comes down to some of it too is is if they're only going to Harry carry so many of each piece I, I assume with whatever company they're working with they are getting charged more money so because i have been doing this for so long and I have such a good rapport with my my company that I work with and I buy so much I get the best bulk discount rates so that I can make the price the lower price that i keep it at so I feel like some of these guys may have a uh, maybe charging more just because they don't buy enough of it but at the same time well thats what does that tell you they don't they don't buy enough of it so they're not selling enough of it <laughs> yeah, so that's true. you know so there you go i you know and then there are some companies that have like thicker metals that i've seen at shows um and it's and it's a heavier duty metal which me I, I like i've had those companies approach me and i laugh at them because i'm like like why on earth would i want something heavier to carry I, I just like i carry thousands of pounds of metal everywhere i go why would i want to triple that weight and destroy <laughs> my vehicle and then have to lug it around and then ship it like you know and all those things so to me the weight of the metal the, the, it's perfect the way it is i don't need heavier metal um but that's the deal is with those the, they charge more because it's a thicker gauge of metal and of course now you're paying like for that and then you know the poor artist who buys like you know i know what they end up paying they pay like they pay probably about the same price i'm charging people so now they have to charge like three times the price so it's like yeah yeah it's like yeah that doesn't make it fun especially when i'm near them because they they scowl at me all weekend because i'm like somehow like cheating them out of their money or something oh but
0: what um go into the bottle or anything because i remember seeing that like wow that is a uh I liked
1: how it looked. It was a unique way on it, but yeah, you
0: still see, those, or is it?
1: No, bad? see, no. here's the, and again, this is, a, I'll give you, I'll give you a prime example of pure <laughs> business reality here. I had a, we had a company that wanted to win my business to do my metal and they did bottle openers. And I said, well, like, look, here's the deal. I don't sell bottle openers. And I figure if I try bottle openers with you, which is something I didn't have, I thought it was a cool idea to do anyway. Um, we see what we can do from there. And I started with these guys. I gave them some designs to, to make these bottle openers. And they were cool. People loved them. People were all over them. Then they started getting kind of an attitude with me because like, you know, each week when you're on the road for like 30 weeks a year, I have to put in orders for my product. Literally, the moment the last show is done, I start ordering the next stuff. And I needed to get to me wherever I am in the country. And if they're somewhere in another city, they need to be able to ship it to me. So if my guy, who sends me hundreds of metal prints, you know, at a time, can make that happen, they should be able to get like 30 bookmarks, uh, 30 bottle openers done when I order them.
0: <laughs> you yeah. know, and
1: and so what would happen is we'd start having these issues where they would start getting greedy about they wanted more time, they wanted, and I was like, I can't, I can't tell you what I haven't sold yet. I can't like because I'm not going to carry like a thousand bottle openers. I would be like, I, I just want to sell what I sell and then I'd replace them you know kind of thing so um so that didn't work out with that company and then we found another company that we tried to give a chance to and then they just floundered too and it was like one of those things where I was like I'm not gonna settle for subpar stuff and unfortunately that kind of cost the bottle openers because every time I talked to anybody else that did bottle openers I'd be like it's got to be the way I Want it to look, and it's got to be on time. If you can't do that, don't even don't even offer it to me. And they'd be like, ooh, they turn around and run away because <laughs> they nope. can't do that, you know. And it's like, so I, it's a shame, but I just I'm yet to be able to find it. We loved them; they were cool, and we still have maybe like a couple like random sample ones we throw up on a show once in a while as a giveaway or something. But we just. Just can't get a company to do them right. My guy who does all my medals uh, doesn't have the time to do it, so he doesn't even bother. He's like, I'm not going to invest in the system because I'm a, I'm too busy doing everything else. So I was like, I can I can understand that. I'm not gonna not gonna slight you for that. So being, it was being
0: something- honest, you can't hate him for that. He's being honest. Like I can't do this. I got exactly. to
1: so, exactly
0: yeah. exactly. It's a shame too because I thought those were definitely like something again that was unique that I never saw anybody else do, especially with metal brands.
1: Again, it was again. Once again, it was one of those realities where we loved it. It was a great idea, and the funny thing is, the company that was doing them for us was another company that was working with another artist most of the time. Like it was actually another company's, like it was another artist who actually invested to do all the sublimation to do the medals themselves. So they decided to do bottle openers because they wanted to compete with my guy who wasn't doing that. So they figured that was their their in, but I was selling them better than they were. Because they people were buying my art on the bottle openers and a new me for metal, so they were coming to me. So the 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 you know so they they kind of like got taken by surprise when I was like, yes, I need to order 50 more of these, and they were like, ooh, we didn't even have that much in stock. We didn't know we needed to. I was like, well, guys, I mean, what part of I'm here for reals, I didn't say I wasn't going to, you know, so so immediately because then you start getting artists getting butthurt because it's competing with another artist and I was just like, I don't want to play that game, sorry. And then the second group was just another company that just couldn't keep up and again, same deal. We, we, we have a pretty stringent like crazy reality, I mean that's the deal, I'm always creating new stuff, I'm always selling new stuff, we're always, you know, Serenity now especially since we're home who does all my packaging Sends mails out packages. we we now we have to mail everything out so at this point she's mailing out like 40 to you know 40 to 60 to 100 packages sometimes a week and so Ooh. it just goes out and she has to get you know so we have to make sure we have the product to sell and keep going around in circles and it's just we're doing it from home now so it's a different deal but yeah it's still still the same responsibility
0: it's a continuous crazy cycle for you exactly <laughs> but i feel like does it is it easier on you guys now that you're at home and you're not like traveling from place to place and trying like, OK, do we have time to send them out here or are we going to be packed with all these crazy people coming in?
1: You know what? It's That's I mean, we're happy to be home again. We're enjoying the, the you know, not a lot of stress on our bodies for travel. But at the same time, you've been just like trying to. You know, like, my exercise was pushing my cases to my booth and, and, and lugging my gear around and doing whatever. And now it's like I have to make an effort to just, like, you know, not try and sit around and get fat all day because all I do is draw pretty pictures. So, I you know, it's like one of those deals. So it's like that kind of thing. And then, you know, the there's just something about being in a different city each day it kind of breaks up the monotony of, of doing the same thing every week every week you know so we 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 do miss that aspect cuz there's cities we love there's restaurants i would go to every show when i was in certain cities to try and enjoy because we celebrated a good show you know things like that and we don't have that right now so it's kind of like the same what are we ordering from you know, what pizza are we going to get this week? What's over? It's 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 Taco Bell night. And, you know, so like, you know what I mean? So it kind of changes the, Yeah. there's there's good and there's bad. I will never, you know, at this point, the fact that I am happily able to pay my bills and, and make money and, and create art still and do that, it's good. But it's, we do miss the cities. We love seeing all these different places. That's why we did these shows too, because we get to enjoy the world, you know, the country and see it,
0: you know. Exactly. It's a great way to go sightseeing. Yeah. Uh, That was the other thing, like, where's the furthest, like, you live out in uh, Las Vegas, correct? Still live out there? Yep. Where's the furthest, like, you've had to drive for a con? Have you been to, like, all the way in Florida? Oh, yeah. uh, Along that coast?
1: Yeah, we've driven everywhere, except for, like, I don't think we, we we haven't been to Alaska or anything like that. We stay in the continental United States. But the the killer for us on a couple occasions is the turnaround time when we've had to drive. Uh, The hardest we had to do... Uh, was we did a show in Cleveland, I believe and then had to be in Seattle in three days and It it took us literally like we had to drive like Three days straight to get there to set up So we did you know like like that's where it was a little tough because it was literally that far of a drive Um, We don't mind driving across the country if we have to because most of the time with like a show, if it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show, we get there, we set up Thursday, we, we take Thursday, we set up all day and then Friday show starts. But some of these shows have four-day shows, like that's like like Emerald City, for example, was a four-day show. So we would have to literally be there Wednesday to set up. So we would have to literally leave like Sunday night, start driving, and get there by you know if we want to get some sleep, we'd have to get there by late Tuesday night and take a nap and go set up Wednesday morning. Or it just didn't happen, and we just basically had to drive right to the dock and start loading in pretty much after driving for like two days. So stuff like that gets a little crazy as far as the time turnaround. It doesn't happen. Super often, but there's just sometimes where shows are so uh, close together, we have no uh, we have no way to avoid it.
0: Ooh, that yeah, that has to be definitely like a toll on the body. So relaxing now, I'm sure it's very soothing to be at home. and Like okay, I'm not having to drive three days straight to go from here to here. It's all at home. We're good. But, there was just one last question I wanted to, do, and then we'll end this podcast. But okay. <laughs> I was always curious with um, making all of these arts and everything what kind of um, uh, easiest way to say this you're a huge Metalhead fan and you've created one of the pieces the guy, the logo from Disturbed sure,
1: yeah that was a commission somebody hired
0: me to draw is there any other ones that you're wanting to work on or has anybody else commissioned you like hey can you do this type of logo this thing or a mashup of like these bands or something
1: i i'd love you know what originally when i started doing this i kind of shied away from people wanting me to draw like uh musicians and band stuff because i dealt with them and i was kind of like well i don't want to try and make money off of somebody that i might have worked with or something like that but since since i've been out of the that end of the business for a few years now and i feel like there's a uh, a demand for people wanting to see my interpretation of some of these things like that i'm not as opposed to it uh i would i had a couple people i got a guy inquiring about a. uh a couple bands like like I've had people ask about maybe doing a kiss commission. So a lot of people ask for things It's the problem is, is them pulling the trigger because they have to come up with the deposit to, to actually afford it uh, I get asked for a lot of things. I get people all day long wanting me to draw stuff It's but when I start saying okay, you're ready to actually commission this and make this happen. It's like, oh, oh You really want money? I was like, yes, I want money. Um, so that's the one thing that kind of comes into play with that stuff. I personally uh, am happy to draw any of those things if somebody asks. The the, the coolest thing was with some of the rock band stuff is I could obviously put what I know into the pieces with the lighting and stuff and have a lot of fun with it. Um, I did have one friend commission me to draw her husband's guitar uh he had, a, he had he has a les paul and he had they wanted me to do a cool piece based off of his guitar and i did that and it was kind of fun because i put a lot of like lightning and fire and stuff into that okay. piece and drew his guitar which was kind of cool so like those kind of things again i'm I, you know i get asked for so many different variants of stuff like i have i have people commission me to draw their pets now i have people <laughs> draw, you know i yeah things like that so it's like if somebody wants to see my style doing those things i'm never gonna say no um things i don't necessarily jump at you know when people ask a couple times it's maybe like a sports figure thing because i'm not a sports guy and i don't want to like i don't want to just do a disservice like if somebody wanted me to do a mascot i'm sure i could f- have fun with it or something like that but i'm not gonna i'm not you know i don't i don't i don't To draw like i'm like a like an athlete isn't gonna really grab me as much as doing something i could you know get into but again I always there's always somebody that wants to drop the coin and say, yes, let's make this happen. And and I go, all right, I guess I'm doing this now. So
0: (laughs) and what are your commissions like? What do they usually start off? at? Because I'm sure like the more detail people want, the more they increase, of course. But
1: well, you know what? Here's the thing about me with commissions. I feel like some artists there are some artists that want to be told every little stroke that that somebody wants in a piece. I'm one of those guys that i i prefer and i really do try and make and i feel like the people that commission me get me and know this is most of the time if there's a character they want me to draw uh i say look is there a power that guy's using or a weapon that guy uses that you'd like to see me do or an, it, does he have a a specific costume you want to see me use in the piece other than that let me do my thing because there's no way that you can ex- like the, I don't even think like because there's times where I think people I've had conversation with people and I say to somebody, what do you think the piece should look like? And they try and describe it to me. And I'm like, you're describing a five minute video. There's no way that's happening on a single piece. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's where my job as the artist is to try and take what you hopefully like about your characters and make it cool. Um, so for me, usually the way I do my stuff, is I say, like a single character starts at 200 now um didn't start that way but i mean i've been doing this for years so i usually you know but that's the rate i'm going with at these points and depending upon how many characters if there's more than one character obviously i will work with that and if, it, if the character if they want to try and put like multiple characters on a piece like like sometimes i have people like try and do like multi characters and lock mul, you know like i have one guy that wanted like all the 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 the, 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 the DC metal batmans so that's like nine of them that i'm doing so i gave him a little bit of a discount since he locked in all nine at first you know that kind of thing so you know you know so those kind of things every i'm I'm, I'm a fair person i'll work with anybody to a degree but it's but the general consensus is you're going to be starting with at least a 200 dollar piece. And I, and I charge 50% to, to lock it in, and then when it's done, I basically send the person a picture of what it's going to look like before it gets put on the metal. They PayPal me the rest plus shipping if it's being shipped. Most of the time now it is being shipped, obviously, because we're not going to show very easily. And then basically then I create their piece, and they get the number one of 50, because that's the way I've been doing it from the beginning is if somebody commissions me, they get the number one. Now, if somebody wanted to, say, get a one-of-a-kind piece or something that I'm not going to be able to sell to other people like my pet... I have to charge a little more, obviously, because nobody, okay. not many people, will want the picture. Nobody of... will want your
0: chihuahua on there. Exactly. To... Well, so, so,
1: but again, I still think I'm pretty fair about stuff like that. Like I know what like. i know what artists that i buy from pet charge and it's definitely more than me so (laughs) that kind of thing so that's that's the reality of it so there you know but it's it is it is what it is and it's worked out good a lot of people like the idea of me doing the the limited editions that way because then if somebody commissions something that somebody else likes now you're only paying fifty dollars for a metal print that that guy paid a little more for but he got the number one and you get to get something cool and then i i get a lot of people that commission me multiple pieces now over the years and they're excited to see that their piece has retired like all 50 have sold out out so they they picked something cool and they, and I did a good job on it and they're happy to be part of that somehow you know so
0: and that was the other thing uh just one more thing I noticed with like your persona one that you did I really loved how that one turned out I think actually that's the one I ordered from you this uh, past time we ordered and. Was that like just somebody commissioned that? Or were you just like... Yeah,
1: that was commissioned. Like- um, they want. They were like, I want Persona. I would like Joker. And I want uh, Arsene. Is a, I believe it's Arsene. Is his
0: name? Arsene. Arsene Ar, it's Arsene. I, it's one of those
1: they always say like i've heard a million ways but i'll tell you i'll tell you one better the person that commissioned me for that piece loved it so much they commissioned me to do the nine other characters with their personas so they paid for they there will be nine more of those pieces that i'll be doing uh, two panel pieces and they paid they literally paid for them all so yeah so that person if you're a big fan of that of that of that genre that game that anime because i know they've done all of it at this point um yeah there'll be more coming for that and they were excited for it so they were really happy how the first one came out obviously cuz they dropped a chunk of change to do the rest so
0: yeah especially with all nine wow yes
1: 9 times 2 cuz it's going to be like 8 cuz it's going to be there each one's going to be yeah. a two panel piece so it's 18 characters I'll be drawing and uh yeah but yeah so i mean again uh, you know and that's why you got a kick out of it cuz to me it's like again i never even would have they it isn't my thing But I try my best to make it as cool as I can. And then they appreciate that I respected it and brought it to life the way I did it with my style. And so they want to see all the characters done that way.
0: Well, that's definitely really awesome. Well, Jerry, it's been awesome doing this with you. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I'm glad we finally had this time to finally get this interview over. Thank you. Um, before we go, how can people find you? What's your website, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff so these people can find you and see your beautiful artwork?
1: Thank you. Yeah, the best way to find me is basically uh we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh we're on Tumblr, Twitter and all that stuff, but Facebook and Instagram are the easiest way to get to see my pieces per se. And again, it's Pesh Effects. It's P E S C E F F E C T S. At you know at, at Facebook on Instagram and then we do have a website which is the same deal it's Um and uh, you can find us all on there we're always having like and, and we're doing these couch cons every Friday at 6 p.m. on Pacific time so it's like uh, you know every week we've been doing is we're doing week 15 now so you can find us there and we're always doing special deals when we do those shows because i feel like it's fun for people to get to tune in and they get the chance to you know get a good deal on something too that they like so we're you know we're going to keep it going and then hopefully we'll be able to get back to doing shows in 2021.
0: here's to hope in 2021 a lot easier well everybody i'm nick legit have a good night